Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hachimura clearing oh, some space oh, with a one-handed oh, dunk. Oh, 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 Thomas Bryant with a monster block again. Wow. The half-court shot for Troy Brown Jr. Is Last night it was the NBA suspending its season after Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus. This hiatus will be at least 30 days. The NBA Board of Governors has approved a 22-team restart in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Of the players that are not making the trip, the biggest one we found out today is Bradley Beal. Doesn't want to risk further injury to that shoulder. And this is merely precaution. Bradley Beal, he wanted to be out here and play, but he felt like it was in his best interest to sit it out, get ready, and get healthy for next season. Welcome to the Hangtime Podcast. I'm your host, Seku Smith, here in Atlanta. We are... Chronicling the goings-on for all 22 teams involved with the NBA restart and the bubble in Orlando, July 30th. But we're talking Washington Wizards today. Ava Wallace of the Washington Post is kind enough to join us and grace us with her presence here to talk Wizards. And uh, Ava, first and foremost, I I know this is uh, new to you in terms of the NBA booth, so welcome to the madness that that we all love. And I'm curious, you look at the Wizards and their predicament going to Orlando. No Bradley Beal, no David Bertans. They're missing bodies. They're missing leadership. What can this Wizards team try and squeeze out of this experience for, for these younger guys and for some of these players who haven't been deep into an NBA season, into the playoffs yet even in their careers? I love that you went with predicament. That's just the most delicate, <laughs> most wonderful way of putting the Wizards situation right now. Um, what the Wizards want out of this opportunity is, number one, they're just happy to be playing basketball. They didn't want to go six months, however long it might maybe until the next season without getting on court, playing a real competitive game. But most importantly, they really want to develop their young guys. They were, re- they were already one of the younger teams in the NBA. Without Bradley Beal, John Walls, you know, obviously not going to be there. They've got few veterans, so they, they want to see some chemistry develop. They want to see some guys work on some skills. And I think, honestly, one of the most important opportunities they have down there is they've got the chance to show some personalities. They've got young guys. They've got the chance to, you know, go crazy on the bench without fans in the stadium. They've got the chance to win some people over here. And I think that's, that's what they should be focusing on in addition to the development and really working on growing as a team. That's interesting. I, I know. I think I, I read in, in your story they've got a couple of guys who are in their early 30s, and then everybody else is basically a, an NBA neophyte. But they've got some talented young guys, Rui Hachimura, and some of these other young players. This is, seems, or at least to me, it would seem like a showcase opportunity for some of these young guys, as you mentioned, not just to you know their personalities, but also their games. I mean, how critical do you think this is an experience for? 
Hachimura, Troy Brown, some of these young guys, Mo Wagner, just some of these guys who need to get those quality minutes on the floor. Oh, absolutely. It's it's huge. You know, you mentioned Rui, of course. So Scott Brooks uh, wants him really to work on his three. So they've got specific things like that. But you've also got for a guy like Troy Brown Jr., he, he's not going to get the chance to handle the ball. He hasn't had that in his career up until this point. And he's going to be a go-to guy now with Brad Bill out. He's going to get those minutes. He's going to get the chance to facilitate. He's going to get the chance to speak up more in practice. So it's all of those things that a lot of these young guys have to be working on. You know, Rudy Hachimura, he's the, he's the, uh, the franchise's top 10 pick from last season. They, they really want to see something from him. They want to see something from a guy like Admiral Schofield, who they've brought up from the G League, and they want to see what he can do. They were planning to do something with him during the season anyway, and now's his really big chance. So just like you said, there's space. There's fewer voices. The, the over-30s guys that you mentioned, we got Ish Smith and, and Jan Mahimi, and, and those are pretty much the, the old dogs in the pack. And everybody else is going to get a chance to really show what they can do, not just, uh, not just to fans, not just on court, but also to each other, to their coaches. It's, it's a really big opportunity for these guys. The Wizards were a, a, a funny team to me this year in that I, I felt like with John Wall being out and, and Bradley Beal having the leadership burden on his shoulders, they played, and, and even Scott Brooks looks like he looked like he was coaching with kind of a, some weight off of their shoulders, knowing that the expectations weren't there, understanding that Tommy Shepard was trying to institute a new culture for the franchise. Are they operating with house money a little bit in, in, in Orlando and that nobody expects them to do the unthinkable and make their way into the Eastern Conference playoff mix? So these eight games really become kind of a lab for the coaching staff and the organization to really evaluate and, and kind of identify who, what, and where they are as a group in terms of their, their core group of young players. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that. We had the exact same question. We talked to Shabazz Napier on Saturday, I think that was, and, and I asked him the exact same thing. How free do you guys get to be? You, you really don't have all that much to lose. And he said, yeah, there's definitely that element of it's going to be fun. We're going to be falling out and everything, but since they are a young team, they have to walk a really interesting line of you can't get too crazy because you don't want to build bad habits, you know, as, as much as you can build habits in uh, minimum eight games. So they've got kind of that interesting needle to thread where I'm, I'm definitely more on you, your side just listening to these guys talk. Just, yeah, we're going to see what we can do. We're going to try to make as much as we can out of the opportunity. Don't have all that much to lose. But so the players have interesting path to walk. I think with the coaching staff, this is definitely, like you said, Scott Brooks's chance to try some new stuff, to put some new lineups together, to see what he can get out of these young guys. So I hope he's looking forward to the opportunity. You know, he says he is, but this could be a really fun chance for him, honestly. As I mentioned at the top of the show, you're stepping into this beat now um, after Candace Buckner had been on the beat. What's the contrast between what you thought they were prior to, to being on the beat and what they look like to you now? Hmm. Well, that's so interesting. So I'm, I'm from D.C. We're right outside in Maryland. So I've been watching the Wizards from afar. I didn't grow up a Wizards fan, but I've been watching them going to games um, my whole life. And they were kind of always like <laughs> the Washington football team's little brother. Like, <laughs> you know, football comes first for sure. But they've kind of been a mess my whole life. It, when I was in high school, everyone started doing the John Wall. So that was exciting. But lately, it's just been really monitoring Wall and Beal and their relationship. I mean, that's been the biggest storyline for the Wizards for a long time. I helped Candace out on the uh, 17 playoff run that they made where they took Boston to seven games. 
Um, and even then, it, that, was, that was the relationship. So this year, it's been really interesting to see Beal step up and kind of grow into himself more. Of course, he had that amazing season. So that's what we all thought the storyline was going to be going into Orlando. Then, of course, like I said, never a dull moment on the Wizards. So it's been interesting to watch them just in the past, gosh, week. We got, a, we got that news that um, Brad was, was staying home a week ago just to kind of see, okay, who do we have left? Who's going to step up? Who's going to come be a leader on this team? How, how does the front office react to that? And what positions are they going to put guys in? So I'm actually really interested to see the depth that this team has and kind of what else they can show off. You know, there was that really good moment when Charles Barkley asked Scott Brooks, who are two guys you want to step up? And Scott Brooks said, name two guys on our team. <laughs> I, I wonder if that's kind of what the national view is of the Wizards right now. So I, I'm interested to see. I, I would love for Scott to ask Charles that, that question at the end of the eight games. <laughs> that would be fantastic. As everybody knows, Charles has failed – fantastically at uh, the game they play on inside, who he played for. Um, oh, it was such good TV. <laughs> <laughs> it always is. And you mentioned the, the Beal and Wall relationship, and I understand, you know, that neither of those guys are going to be there. Everything about this Wizards team and really this franchise, it rests on whatever that synergy is between Brad in John Wall going forward. What have you heard about where John is in terms of his rehab from his injury and where those guys are in terms of their relationship and connectivity as the faces of that franchise? What we're hearing about John and Brad is, is kind of what we always heard. They're good. They like being co-leaders. That you can always get into a little bit more when you hang around the locker room. You listen to what people are saying after the game. So obviously we haven't had that. Uh, from Wall in a while to really gauge where they stand. But just from a rehab standpoint, so John's going to be splitting his time between Miami and D.C. Back in March, he was starting to get going and and getting back on court and scrimmaging again. He was scrimmaging with the uh, Go-Go, the Wizards G League team. Um, And so that was all going well. Of course, then when everything shut down, he can't go back to his PT. He can't get on court. Uh, I think it was Tommy Shepard, the Wizards GM, put it as he lost, he pretty much lost all of that basketball acumen that he had built back up um you know the quickness which is so important to wall's game all of that kind of court feel he's really behind on that now um just from where he was not behind you know schedule or anything like that but they said he's going to have access to all the wizards coaches he's been working with them already um and that's he's going to get to focus really on himself and and same with beal as well beal sat out he's got a rotator cuff injury and he's going to be spending this time working out with Wizards guys and not having that hour restriction that they had been before people were going down to Orlando. So they, uh, they called this selfish time for, for John and Brad, which was an interesting choice of words. <laughs> it's probably a good thing for those two guys as well. When you think about the grind that NBA players put on their bodies, especially when you go into the playoffs and, and playing as much and at as high a level as those guys did, sometimes this break, Turns out to be a good thing for him. You know, we'll we'll be able to evaluate that obviously at a later date. But it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that process. Have you noticed or or sensed whatever the cultural shift that Tommy Shepard was to bring with his uh, ascension to the top spot in the Wizards front office? Has there been something tangible that you can look at or feel, or that that maybe people close to the Wizards have told you they sense is different? under Tommy's leadership compared to his predecessor, Ernie Grunfeld, and what went on when, when he was in charge? That's a really good question. That's one of those things I'm not going to be able to answer that mm-hmm. well, mainly because 
So it's obviously it's Tommy's first year, as you mentioned, but it's also been such a weird year. I I don't know if I would have a good gauge on that if I'd been covering beforehand. But I will say the one thing I noticed just with having a young group of guys is Tommy's pretty direct up front. I didn't interact with Ernie Grenfeld all that much. He was just kind of, you know, the overlord hanging over my childhood (laughs) (laughs) basketball team. But Tommy's pretty upfront in saying, you know, this is what we've got. We don't have all that much to lose. And, and this is what we're trying to accomplish here. I don't know that transparency or that being all that on front street with his ideas and thoughts was Ernie Grenfell's trademark, I would say. There's so much meat on the bone with the Wizards. And obviously, I know Washington has a, a lot going on right now. The football team is in the midst of changing a name that their owner, who won't be mentioned on this podcast, vowed to never change. So I understand the sports landscape in D.C. right now is probably not as Wizards-focused as it might be at another time when the team was maybe better or the prospects were maybe more promising. You you mentioned Shabazz Napier. I mentioned some of those names of, of younger guys. Um, we're going to play a little lightning round when we come back on the Hank Time Podcast here with Ava Wallace of the Washington Post. But I, I want you to... Get your hat on. We're going to do some keys to the Magic Kingdom for the Wizards. And you get to project. You get to just prognosticate here, have a little fun. No pressure. (laughs) Welcome back to the Hangtime Podcast. Seku Smith, your host here, talking Washington Wizards with Ava Wallace of the Washington Post. And... Ava, I said we were going to have fun, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing all answers here. You, you go anywhere you want to go with these, but we need keys to the Magic Kingdom for the Wizards, and this is obviously some dream scenarios, some you know, some fantasy stuff that we have to get into because it's going to take some dreaming and maybe a few fantasies for the Wizards to really shock the system, you know, at, at the bubble in Orlando. First and foremost, when we're talking about keys for the Wizards. What regular season tendency do you think this team needed to leave behind if they're going to have any sort of success when they get to the games in the bubble? Bad defense. That's the number one thing anyone on the team, anyone who's watched any more than two games this season would tell you. Just keeping the communication up. You know, they've got this practice time beforehand to really get comfortable, get back on the court. Like you said earlier, there's no pressure on these guys. These guys should be talking all the time they should be learning their defensive sets they should absolutely know exactly where they need to be at all times that is the number one thing leave the bad defense behind this is the fantasy portion uh, of the keys to the magic kingdom for the wizard let's say they do the unthinkable and pull a hoosiers and you know find (laughs) their way into that eighth playoff spot what is the best matchup potentially if the Wizards were to shock the system and, and find their way into the playoff mix in whatever number slot they would be in, what would be the one matchup you go, that is something promising for the Wizards? Ooh, that is a good <laughs> question. I'm looking at their schedule here. You know, oh, yeah. in their schedule, <laughs> right? Going off the schedule, I like to start off with the Suns first. It's another fun young team, somebody that they've had some success over, some measure of success over this regular season. Um, God, who else they start out with? They have Brooklyn second. Okay. <laughs> you got to win that one, guys. Come on. They shock the system and make it to the playoffs. I mean, because obviously that, that eight would be, if they got the eight, Ava, we all know they'd be staring down the, 
the Bucks, which is probably not something they want to do. Yeah, nobody wants that, and they've got to play that before. they got to play the Bucks, uh as the penultimate game before Boston as well, which is just, you know, at least they have time to ramp up to that. But if you shock the system and get the Bucks, <laughs> Godspeed, it's going to be fun. Um, I don't know if they, I don't know if the, I'm obviously not Seku as you caught me here. I'm obviously not in that mindset yet. It doesn't have, require any extra imagination to figure out what the, the beast matchup would be. And the Bucks to me would seem to be a, a tough matchup for any team that's obviously playing without most of its top scores. And it's certainly its best player in, in all-star and Bradley Beal. So we'll just give we'll give, the Wizards a pass on their beast matchup. We know what it is. It's if they get in and get the eight, they get to get chewed up by the buck in the first round of the playoffs. Um, who's the Mr. Incredible for this Wizards team in Orlando in terms of with all these key players sidelined with injury or COVID-19, somebody has to step up and be that X factor game changer player for the Wizards. Who on the roster in Orlando plays that role? the team would like it to be Rui. They would love him to just explode and become the franchise leader that they want him to be. I would love to see Ish Smith pop off. That's going to be interesting. You know, he mentioned he's one of those veteran guys. He's not high maintenance, but he hasn't been playing. So that's going to be interesting to see how his body responds and everything like that. I'm looking at, at Troy Brown Jr. also. I would love to see him. And I think it would be really interesting to see him step into that facilitator role now that he has the space, now that he has the kind of go ahead to do so you know it's not just that they're making up 45 points a night either between Bradley Beal and and Bertans but they're making up a lot of shots so there's going to be a lot of a lot of players who have the green light to shoot the way they never have before and I think it would be interesting to see Rui and and Troy Brown kind of step up and and take on that uh, on that mantle. Yeah, that's definitely a, a huge opportunity for those young guys. And, and Hachimura is an intriguing player, I think, for a lot of people around the league. He turned out to be maybe better than some of us anticipated as a rookie. He's got all that upside, just like you said. Yes. Yeah, his his growth, you know, this extra time could be huge for him. Um, who's most likely on this Wizards team to show up in Orlando and win an NBA 2K tournament in the player lunch? You know, everyone we've been asking what they've been doing with their point, all of these guys are playing Call of Duty. I'm like, you guys are going <laughs> to talk about the 2K, but Rui did mention that he was like, I'm playing Call of Duty and learning about taxes, which... Yeah, I read that. The man's got depth, we'll say that. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's the, who's the biggest gamer on the team. So are we going to put it all on Rui? We'll put it all on Rui. Rui, we're expecting a lot of you from this podcast. Yes. The burden is huge on Rui Hachimura based on what we're talking about today. He's, he's got a lot of business to handle on and off the court. Which wizard would be the rowdiest fan at another team's game in the bubble? This is where I, I wish uh, Thomas Bryant, who unfortunately tested positive uh, for the coronavirus and is expected to join the team at a later date, but you would say him otherwise. That guy, you see him uh, on the sidelines during Wizards game in the regular season, jumping up and down, and he's such a big guy. So, you know, he shakes the floor a little bit when he jumps. But um, I'm going to say Jan Mahimi. It's not true, but I want to see something out of him. That guy, he's a cool guy. He's the vet. He's a father. You know, he's French. He's just chic and chill as anything. But I want to see him light up during the game. So this is a fantasy round, so I'm going <laughs> to... I like it. Um, Jan Mahimi's been in the league all these years. You're right. I probably have seen him smile about four times. That's what I'm all saying. The years he's been in the league. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn off my notifications when this podcast goes up. They're going to be like, these answers are absolutely no. But you know what? <laughs> this is the part where we get to stretch out a little bit. Nobody's going to be mad at us for having a little okay. fun at the Wizards. 
Nobody's <laughs> going to be mad. Um, if there's a fairy tale ending for this Wizards team, they'd make the playoffs if what happened? They make the playoffs if, like I mentioned, they get their defense together, if they play free but not crazy, and if everybody stays healthy. Not too much to ask, right? No, no. Free but not crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down. That is a new <laughs> slogan. It might be the Wizards' new slogan, Ava. <laughs> we want to play free but not crazy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's going to be interesting to see what the Wizards do in the bubble. And we'll obviously be locked in on your coverage uh, of the Wizards on the Washington Post. We appreciate you so much, Ava. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you down the road on the NBA beat here. Thanks so much, Seku. 